Hello and welcome to the Slow Home Podcast, episode number 18. I'm uh, Brooke McCallery, your host and uh, founder of slowyourhome.com, a blog all about slowing down and figuring out what's important. This is my co-host, Ben. Life director and producer. Life director. <laughs> Everyone's a director of their life. Ooh, I like that. I might have to interview you one day. Um, today's episode is a really fun chat with Jeff Sandquist. Of um, he writes a blog uh, on minimalism and uh, books and coffee and bacon uh, at coffeebaconbooks.com. Three of my favourite things. Um, And he's also just launched a podcast called The Intentional Wandering Podcast, which you can find at intentionalwandering.simplecast.fm. And I was lucky enough to be one of the first guests on Jeff's show. He's putting together a really, really great show. Lots of really interesting guests talking about, uh, obviously, you know, finding our path and figuring out what a meaningful life is going to look like for for us as individuals. And uh, he's also got a real um, bent towards minimalism and, you know, getting life down to the essentials and things that really make life worth living. And he's, yeah, a a pleasure to chat to. Jeff and I first met, uh, you know, air quotes, met on Twitter when we discovered a mutual love of comics. Um, I'm very much new to the whole comic book thing pretty much just read The Walking Dead at this point. But Jeff's, uh, as you will see, he's um, he's been a lifelong fan of comic books and that kind of thing. So which is, not to give too much away, a big part of the conversation that we have because he was a collector for a long time. And it's something that we haven't really spoken about too much on the show, you know, people who are collectors and amass a lot of stuff based on a passion and, you know, how you can then turn that around and embrace a simpler life while still, you know, being passionate about those sorts of things. And Jeff has some really interesting stories and some practical advice about that as well. As well as um, a way to read comics as well, like the correct way to read them. Yeah. Yeah, which is something, actually I won't say, but yes, I really enjoyed that. So check that out. Um, Yeah, so Brooke and um, Jeff um, connected over comics and um, they both, I think, so Jeff... Did you guys record your podcast at the same time? It's not the same show, is it? <laughs> no. no. So Jeff's, so Brooke's um, interview with Jeff will go out today because you're listening to it. <laughs> but um, Jeff's podcast went up on the 26th of June. So go and check that out as well. And you'll have a, a Brooke and Jeff multiple experience. Marathon. Marathon. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I will include a link to my episode of Intentional Wandering uh, in the show notes, which you can find at slowyourhome.com slash 18, episode 18. And um, I'll also include links to Jeff's website and Twitter and that sort of thing. But he's um, he's at coffeebaconbooks.com. That's pretty much his hub. This show brought to you by audible.com. Audible, yes. We didn't think of a book. I've got one. Great. Uh, today's episode is sponsored by Audible.com, where you can get your um, get yourself over 180,000 uh, audio books, and you can listen to them on your your iPhone, your Android, any other device that you might be using. And uh, if you head to audibletrial.com/slow, you can get yourself a free book and a 30 day trial to Audible, and um, you know you can choose any of the books 
on offer, but I believe Ben might have a recommendation this week. The Big Miss by Hank Haney. A really interesting um, story, Not if, even if you're not into um, – this doesn't give anything away, really um, – into golf. He's actually was Tiger Woods' golf coach. And so he talks about um, professional players and their mentality and the way they're able to, um, you know, achieve remarkable things – through you know the power of the mind. Anyway, it's re- I think it's really really interesting, and um, you know with Tiger Woods at the moment, um, I won't include don't include this bit, Ben, when you're doing it because that's enough. So don't forget to check out the show notes at slowyourhome.com/slash/eighteen, and don't forget to enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Hey, Brooke. Thank you so much for uh, for joining me. Well, thanks for having me. No, it's a pleasure. I'm looking forward to um, to chatting with you. I think I don't think we're going to have any problems. <laughs> no, problems I, I don't think the we time. Will, Not at all. Um, so you know, getting right into it. Um, you so you describe yourself as a writer, a teacher, a speaker, but also a student uh, for life, I guess, and also yep. an intentional wanderer. Can you tell me what you mean by an intentional wanderer? It's a great question, and I will give you the best answer that I have right now, <laughs> which is really part of the kind of the intentional wandering idea. Um, so intentional wandering to me is something that I've come across, especially in the last year, year plus, um, but it's really been developing all my life. However, I, I wasn't I wasn't really conscious of it or didn't really have a, a name to put to it until more recently. And so for me, intentional wandering or being an intentional wanderer is about this idea of making sure that you're connecting the dots in your life. So being intentional, um, noticing, um, looking at all the different things and people and pieces that are coming into your life and, and not just taking them at face value, not just letting the default be the default. But I guess it, a lot of it comes down to asking this question of of why and always trying to uh, to, to grow and, and be better and do better um, and constantly learning. So I guess that's probably where that, that idea of, of being a student for life comes from. I think um, the idea of intention, doing anything with intention, is so uh, powerful. I really, uh, you know, it, whenever you consider any area of life and you think about, you know, living it with intention, it just brings so much to the fore. And kind of the the idea of why is something that I talk about a lot. But if if we spent more time thinking about why we do things and uh, you know why we want to do things, I think we'd all kind of automatically live with more intention i yeah i really love that um i actually i I was just going to add one more thing uh i the the aha moment that put it all together for me actually came from a quote and it's kind of a to me it's a funny it's a funny story um it was like i said about 
uh, over a year ago now and I had made some some big shifts in my life. Uh, that was my introduction to minimalism at that time, which I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about. And I was making these big changes, changes in my career, changes in what I was doing with my life. And my wife and I were, were celebrating her birthday in a, a small a small town near here. And we were, we were going into all the little shops around. And in one of the shops, and, and it was a jewelry store, and, and we don't typically go into jewelry stores. Um, and, and one of the shops at the very back wall, there was a quote, and it was from uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, if people are familiar with the, the Lord of the Rings, of course. And it said, not all those who wander are lost. Mm-hmm. And... And we'll talk about how big of a, a geek I am <laughs> later, I think, uh, especially with comic books and, and that sort of stuff. And somehow that quote had escaped me my entire life. Uh, and, and I'm 30, 30 at this point. And uh, at that point, I'm 31 now. But that quote had, had escaped me and it just hit me at the perfect time. And that was exactly how I was feeling was, was, I, was I was feeling very lost. But seeing that, I realized I- I'm not lost. I'm wandering, but I'm doing it very intentionally, and I'm not exactly sure where I'm going, but I know it's going to be good if I keep listening to myself. It's one of my favorite quotes. I really love it. Um, And I was also reading uh, Lord of the Rings just last night, so we can geek out as much as you would like. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Um, So you're relatively new to living a minimalist kind of life. Uh, and I know you've just kind of just started to delve into what drove you to, to kind of explore minimalism. So what was life like for you two years ago? So two, two years ago, um, I, so I discovered minimalism. This will give you a better re- uh, frame of reference. I discovered minimalism, uh, May of, May of last year, mm-hmm. like middle of May last year, literally, uh, about a week prior to discovering that quote. So there was a there was a lot of there was a lot of connecting the dots going on at that point in time. However, looking back, I can see that especially even the year prior, I was starting down a minimalism path. I just didn't know it yet. Um, so in 2013, I I had given up all goals. So I said I'm not doing goals anymore. I basically was was just focusing on living um living life based on a, a motto, if you will. And I had heard um Kevin Smith, so the writer director of geeky movies like Clerks and Mallrats and Jane Silent Bob, if people are familiar with them. I had heard him on a podcast say uh something about wanting to create more and consume less. And and really what he was talking about was reading less and watching less movies so that he could create more of his own stuff. And that really resonated with me because I, I all my life I've been a big consumer of of media, of stuff, books and comic books and movies and, and on and on. And so I started actually focusing in 2013 with that idea, but it wasn't about my stuff per se. It was really about... Uh, I guess more media, like spending less time watching movies and and reading and and trying to do something of my own. And in some ways, I I did consume less and and created some things in the the work that I was I was doing at that time. Um, but it definitely wouldn't be considered minimalism, at least not in my opinion. Fast forward a, a year later, and and I, I don't even remember exactly how, but I stumbled upon the minimalists and I got their book everything that remains and and I read it in literally like one day or maybe a day and a half but it was it was basically one sitting I read this book 
and I got towards the end of the book and there was a line in there where, where the author says, uh, ultimately, I just wanted to create more and consume less. And that just like hit me straight between the eyes. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's, that's what I've been focusing on this whole last year. But, but it's so much bigger than I thought it was. And it can apply to all areas of my life. So it, it really was like a wake up call to me. And then right below that, I think it's on the same page, uh, or at least very close to it. He has his, he, he had written his, um, his recipe for success, basically. And it was something along the lines of, of success equals happiness plus contribution to others um, plus you know, personal growth. And th- I just looked at that and I said, yes. Like that was the first time that I had really, I'd really identified with, with some sort of idea of success because I, I've always been very, very inwardly, intrinsically motivated, not by, not by money, not by, not by flashy things and big cars and, you know, not by the American dream, I guess I would say in a lot of ways. I was always motivated by what I was interested in. And, that definition just really hit me again. And so those things all kind of culminated. There was a lot of things going on at that point in time. And I just dove, I just dove head in, head, head first in. And my wife and I were moving in about two weeks. And so it was a perfect time. We literally gutted, like, I think by the time all everything was said and done, I would say probably about 75% of our possessions, most of them were mine. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, and, and I'm the type of personality, uh, Joel, your, our, our friend Joel Zaslowski, um, uh, him and I talked about this, how we both are, are not very good at moderation. So <laughs> when we get into something, we really get into it. So it was literally like one day I wasn't a minimalist and the next day I was like hardcore minimalist. And then it's been a, it's been kind of a refining process since then. That's, yeah, that's really interesting actually. Um, cause I know most people who I talk to about it, um, you know, either simplifying or slowing down or, or becoming, you know, quite involved in minimalism, they mostly take a really gradual approach. You know, someone will say, I, I kind of discovered it and thought about it for a while and I started decluttering. And then six months later, I decluttered some more, but you're like, no, 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 I'm doing this and I'm diving in right now. <laughs> and we're getting rid of, you know, three quarters of our stuff. Um, and then like the refining process came after that. I think that's really interesting. Um, so I know I really want to dive into the stuff side of it because you, you've been a collector yeah. for a long time. Um, but yes. before I do, how, how has um, minimalism, specifically the, the physical side of minimalism, you know, clearing out the stuff, how has that impacted your life? Wow, that's a, that's a loaded big question. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's good. It's It's... it's it's honestly changed my life uh, 180 degrees. Um, I think the if I can try to sum it up as best as I can, uh, everybody's definition of minimalism at the end of the day, I think, ends up somewhere around the idea of focusing on what is important in your life, like truly, really important, and then getting rid of the excess, getting rid of the stuff that's, that's there. It may be nice. You may even like it, but if you really think about it, it's not what drives you. It's not what truly brings you happiness or peace or joy or whatever it is. So for me, a lot of it came down to freeing up, just 
freeing up my life, uh, freedom, uh, freedom of choice, freedom of time, freedom of money, freedom to travel, uh, freedom to really get control over my my daily schedule. And um, yeah, I, so I think that the big thing for me comes down to really just uh, the word we talked about in the in the beginning, intentional, being super intentional with my life and also just feeling very, very free and very focused in, in my life. I, I really love that because um, they, those two ideas can kind of seem at odds with each other, freedom and focus. But I think in, you know, minimalism or an intentional life or slow life, uh, you have the freedom to, to think and do things that you may not have otherwise had, but also the presence of mind to really focus on the things that are important. It's yeah, that's a really interesting, powerful way of putting it. One of the, one of the things that that's, I guess goes along with that, that just came to mind as you were saying that is this idea of saying yes and no to things in life. And that's something I've, I've really thought a lot about and I've, I've focused a lot on it and I spent a lot of my life saying yes to a lot of things because out, out of fear, out, out of fear or out of obligation or out of what is someone going to think or because someone told me this is what I needed to do or, you know, check the box, whatever it may be. And something that I've come to realize, and, and it's very obvious once once you actually, you know, hear it and think of it, but but not on the day to day always, is as soon as you say yes to one thing, you automatically are saying no to something else and vice versa. And so if we're always saying yes, oftentimes we're so focused on the things that we're saying yes to that we don't even realize all the things that we're saying no to. So I've ended up saying no to a lot more things in my life in the last year. And because I've said no to, I believe it's a Steve Jobs quote, basically, it's it's basically because I've said no to, you know, a thousand good things things i've had a few great things take place instead exactly you know and i think as you said it's it's not necessarily something that you think about in the day-to-day but man when you come to that realization that it, it can apply to anything it can apply to you know um time or stuff or money or energy but the the moment you think that well this is finite you know i don't have an infinite number of resources at my disposal so you say yes any number of times and that means that you've got to say no down the track so um yeah and i guess that uh, that kind of snowballs into the whole idea of instant gratification and all that kind of thing as well but um what i'm really curious to ask you about uh is your your um comic books specifically i know for years (laughs) you were a big collector and uh, it's one of the the ways that we first connected on Twitter kind of bonded over a shared interest in comics. But yep. um, since you adopted minimalism, you've taken what was a pretty significant collection of comics and movies, DVDs, things like that, and reduced it to virtually nothing. So how many comic books did you have pre-minimalism? Uh, I, was, I was thinking about that before when I knew we were going to get on here. And actually, I did a little Google search. So if people are not familiar with comic books... Um, you know, basically, oftentimes you store them in what's called a long box. So it's a it's a box that's a little over two feet long, and you you, you stand them up on end. Usually, they're in like a little bag and board to to protect them and keep them nice. You know, which I, of course I did. You know, <laughs> got to have everything mint condition. So 
I had at the at the top end, I had I believe it was either fourteen or fifteen of those long boxes, um, and that is each of those boxes can hold somewhere around two hundred comic books. Wow! So somebody do the math. I'm not going to do it. That's too many for me. Um, and and that's not even including all the ones that I had bought and then sold over the years. So you probably add another handful of boxes on top of that of ones that that I had bought at one point in time and had sold and traded and whatever else. Um, and then add to that uh, comic books, which people are probably more familiar with these days, are, uh, come in these graphic novels or trade paperbacks, as they are called. Basically, the single issues are collected into a, a bigger size book. And that's usually what you see like at the on the shelves of Barnes & Noble or your local bookstore or whatever, which I, I think you have some of those, Brooke, of Walking Dead, if, if I'm correct. Yeah. So I had probably, you know, the big um, plastic tubs that are, you know, a couple feet long by like a foot and a half wide by like a foot and a half tall. I had probably about another like six of those full of collected editions. Um, add to that another probably six of those filled with action figures and, and, and collectible toys. Add to that 1,500 DVDs. Add to that couple hundred CDs. Add to that hundreds of books. <laughs> add to that all sorts of who knows what else I had. So and that had been going since I was a kid. Uh, I held on to pretty much everything that I ever bought or collected or was interested in since I was since I was a little kid. So yeah, there was there was a lot of stuff, a lot. And you just decided was it was was letting go of all of that part of your initial purge where um, that you you spoke about before. You just kind of decided one day I want these, and the next day I'm letting them go. Was it just an immediate snap? decision with that stuff yeah you know to be completely uh i I wish i could say all of it was like that but but it wasn't i was actually i had actually been slowly letting go of my collections um the year previous when i before i discovered minimalism um and a lot of it honestly was because i i needed some extra cash Mm -hmm. and so it was it was a good way to you know get some get some extra money um and so, but I, I found that as I started to do it, I, I kind of got addicted to getting rid of it. <laughs> and so I did, I did some of that, that, that year before I discovered minimalism. But yeah, once, once, uh, once I had discovered minimalism and basically, you know, made my decision overnight, then it was just like, okay, I grabbed the boxes. I'm not even going to mess with eBay or, you know, whatever. I just literally went to the local comic shop, said, here you go make me an offer. And I lost, I can't tell you how much money I spent and how much money I got, but I lost a lot of money. Um, and, and that's just because there's it, comic books these days, they don't appreciate like they did back, you know, in the sixties and whatever else. I mean, people think that, Oh, you have the first, first issue of Superman's death and it's going to put my kids through college. No, it's not new comics. They don't do that anymore. So, um, yeah, that was, it, it was kind of a, a clean, get rid of it process once I decided to do it. That's something I can relate to a lot. Um, when, so a few years back, I, I used to run my own jewelry label and, uh, you know, people who've been listening to the podcast for a while probably know the story, but I really struggled, um, mentally after my, my, our daughter was born and uh, decided to close the business down, like just one day. That was it. It was a snap decision, closing the business. And I, um, I, in a similar kind of way, 
pretty much just gave away all my stock, tens of thousands of dollars worth of stock just gone because it was, um, you know, I could look at it in two ways. I could look at it in I need to recoup the, the, the money that's been you know, put into this and the time, the energy, or I need to reclaim some space in my head, uh, you know, that this stuff is just is taking up and that side won. And it was just, it was pretty similar, a real snap decision. And I understand completely what you mean by the addictive feeling as well. Because once you let go and you get that feeling of lightness, you know, that comes from letting go of something that you didn't realize was so heavy, that is a an amazing freedom. So yeah, I hear you. Um, do you have any, any comic books now? I have, I have one long box left Mm -hmm. and it's, I think it's about half full. So there's probably maybe like a hundred, a hundred issues in there. Um, and they're basically the, the sentimental ones, like from my beginning days of collecting and my, my absolute favorite artist. And I don't think you know this about me, Brooke. You'll, you'll probably like this. Uh, so I actually have Wolverine tattooed on my back. Um, (laughs) and, and I also have another comic book character named the Max that, pretty much nobody's ever heard of uh next to him but it's all from my favorite comic book artist that i I grew up with and so i I have all those issues that i collected of his art so i still have i still have you know that but um but yeah it's it's very minimal i like i said about about a hundred from the you know 100 individual issues um so half a box down from you know 14 15 originally and as far as those tubs of collected editions i have probably about two dozen individual collected editions, maybe less Mm -hmm. at this point in time. So pretty much those, you know, six boxes or so, those are all gone. Um, I think I have, I think I have one, maybe two tubs of, of, um, sentimental toys. Uh, and, and part of that is kind of my, (laughs) this pipe dream I have of, of, of playing with them with my kids in the future. (laughs) Um, and I have some uh, DVDs left over uh, that are all of them are basically the cartoons that I grew up on. That's kind of one of my ways I I relax and check out is is watch some Thundercats or or you know Turtles or something like that uh, to just kind of turn my brain off and 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 chill out. I think that's just going back again to that idea of intention. Like I think people have this idea that minimalism needs to be stark, empty white walled rooms with, you know, nothing in it except a wooden stool or something. Um, whereas I kind of think it's more about embracing what brings, you know, what brings happiness and warmth and enjoyment. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily mean getting rid of everything. Uh, I was reading a post by Colin Wright just yesterday and he, you know, he was talking about what minimalism is and what it isn't. He said, if, if a room full of books, you know, hard, hard bound books brings you infinite joy, uh, then that's, that's your minimalism. But, you know, it might mean that you've got two pairs of shoes or, you know, um, it's just putting your efforts and your intentions into the things that, that are important rather than, you know, fitting some kind of prescribed list of what a minimalist looks like. Um, Absolutely. You, you talk a bit about, um, you know, the collector's gene. Can you tell me what you, you think about, you know, people who are driven to collect things and, and why we do it and kind of our human t- tendency to accumulate things? Yeah, the, the collector gene. That was that was always like a joke growing up, actually. Um, my family would, would joke about that and I would joke about that, like, oh, you got the collector gene. Um, I'm not sure exactly... 
I think I think it's different for each person of of why they do it. Uh, I, I'm sure many of us have have experienced or or know you know kind of about like the ge- the older generations, generations older than me that that grew up in the you know Great Depression or World War II or you know in, in times where things weren't as available, things weren't as abundant as they are today, at least not in the you know in the U.S. and so. You know, I think that was just conditioned into them because they literally were like, I'm, I may need this. I, I may need this because I have no other option. So they, they saved everything, right? Um, and then I think more for the, you know, maybe for some, they, they grew up with very little. And so once they have the, the means and the opportunity to accumulate more, um, they just kind of go a little bit a little bit overboard with that um, because of, you know, that a lot of things are just ingrained into us from, from kids, whether we, we realize it or not. Um, and I think some people just, just like it. <laughs> I have, uh, I have personally, I, I would say I'm, I have more of an a, addictive personality. Um, when I, as I think you can probably already tell from what I've said so far, when I get into something, I really get into it. You know, I want to, I want to learn as much as I can about it. And at the same time, I'm, I'm also, uh, you may have heard Joel talk about this or someone else, you know, I'm, I'm a multi-potentialite. I'm a, I'm a person who has many varied interests and I like to, you know, immerse myself in something, learn as much as I can, and then I'm on to the next thing. Um, and so I think by doing that, I got interested in a lot of different things and then I just never let go of the stuff once I was on to the next thing. And so it just accumulated, right? And also just having kind of that addictive personality or or for me, I guess I would say more of a, a, a type A perfectionistic personality. I was very particular about my collections you know it wasn't just any comic book it was it was a specific writer it was a specific artist it was a specific character it was a you know I I had lists I (laughs) I was very I was very intentional about my collecting but I just did a lot of it and I thought that that's what would bring me happiness and joy and so much so that I vividly remember for many years of my life up even until recently, I would say and, and truly believe that I would much rather have a, a basement and a house full of stuff and collectibles and my, my cool collections than experiences, than traveling the world, than, than meeting new people, etc. And I, I was totally wrong. <laughs> And I've I've flipped 180, and it's like I, I don't want I want as least amount of that as I as I can and be comfortable with having. I mean, I, like I said, I still have some stuff, but that is not my priority in life anymore. It's it's just not. That's it. I mean, that's a huge shift to go from quite recently, you know, a couple of years ago, thinking that you would much prefer to surround yourself with stuff to becoming someone who's fully embraced minimalism and become more about, you know, experiences and travel and and what life can, you know, hold for us. So I'm curious to go back. Like, I I know you you spoke about, um, you know, discovering that Tolkien uh, quote and how life was then, but was there, you know, I'm, I'm really curious because I feel like it was a really big snap change for you. Was there something or a moment or a realization that you're like, no, this is not working for me? 
Um, yeah. It's okay if there wasn't. <laughs> no, there was. See, I've had it's 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 weird. I've been actually writing about this recently and thinking a lot about it. Um, I I think too because of my my kind of my personality and my tendencies. Uh, I tend to make some pretty dramatic choices and changes. Um, and then everything's completely different. And so we can even go back five years ago and I was, I was actually in my first year of practice as a chiropractor. Um, I, I no longer practice chiropractic, um, nothing against chiropractic. I love chiropractic, but it wasn't for me. Um, and I was like literally six months into practice and I realized I don't want to do this. <laughs> I just spent I just spent you know eight years and thousands and thousands of dollars, and this is I am I am utterly miserable, and I cannot I cannot fathom doing this for the rest of my life. And so I actually I I, I took a sixteen day road trip across the U.S. Uh, by myself for for five thousand miles, and really kind of that was one of the first times uh, first steps towards discovering myself and what I wanted out of life. And what I got out of that trip and and that change was focusing on the journey rather than the destination. Um, but I, I still came back and, and I continued on in practice for a few more years. Um, probably a few more than I, than I probably should have, but sometimes I'm a slow learner. Um, and, uh, but what I got out of that was was focusing on the journey and not the definite, uh, not the destination. And also, I got out of that just a change in my mindset. I was, I would say, prior to that, I was a very mm, pessimistic, maybe even uh, negative person. I always said I was just realistic. But in my opinion and experience, if someone says they're realistic, they're probably pessimistic. Um, <laughs> and 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 so I, I came back with kind of just an out, new outlook on life that like life doesn't have to be so serious. I don't, I don't have to get so mad about everything. I don't, I don't need to, I don't need to be such a, a type a perfectionistic straight a kind of, kind of person. And that's okay. I, I can, I can be more free. I can be more creative. I can embrace these different sides of me that I've really kind of suppressed, I think, um, through a lot of my life actually. So it's sort of, going back to something that you said earlier and it's really questioning the the shoulds you know the things that we're told mm-hmm. we should do and the boxes that we should tick um yep. and just a, a you know a process of starting to question that and and question whether those things that we you know air quotes should be doing is bringing us the joy that we're told it will or the happiness or the security or whatever we're told that it will yeah, I think that's something that a lot of people will be able to relate to because I, I just have so many conversations where people will say, I'm, I'm, I've done what I'm supposed to have done. And, you know, I'm realizing that the stuff that was in the, in between, like the stuff that filled my days, the things that I kind of felt like I had to just work through in order to get to the destination, I'm realizing now that that was, that was the point. You know, the, the day-to-day stuff, the, the daily is, is, the, is the journey. Like that's, that is the point. That's life. That's what makes up our time and, our, you know, our days. Yep. And, and I want to, I guess I, you know, kind of thinking about everything that I've said so far, you know, I, I, I just want to also highlight um, the idea. It's like, you know, when I say that I was unhappy, when I say that I was miserable, it, there was definitely parts of my life that I was very happy in. There was definitely parts of, of practice, of, of the work I was doing that were great. 
and that I really enjoyed. But I guess at the end of the day, if you if you had to put it on a scale, right, and you had to balance out the amount of happiness versus the amount of this is just I just I don't feel like I'm doing what I what I should do. I don't feel like I'm being true to myself. Um, that's where it was out of balance. So I, I don't want people to get the idea that it was just like I, you know, that I was just completely, you know, off the chain, miserable and everything. But comparatively speaking, I was. I wasn't feeling like I was living my true life. I felt like I was, like you said, checking these boxes and this should be working. I should feel better. I should be happy. I should, should, should. And I'm not. And once I stopped checking those boxes, things started things started shifting for me. Yeah, I think that's right. It's sort of a, you know, an echoing kind of feeling of emptiness is a bit too harsh, but like a feeling that there's more to it and there's something that we're not kind of seeing. That's how right. I would I would describe it. It's not, like you say, not, not you know, a complete, <laughs> you know, misery, uh, right, you know, right, feeling right. dreadful about everything kind of feeling. Um, so I'm just looking at our time. We're almost done, but there's one question that I wanted to ask you, and it gets back to comics. Um, but one of the first things that I realized, my, so my husband bought me, um, you know, the, the hardbound um, book of the first 12 issues of Walking Dead for my birthday. And I sat down on my birthday. I happened to be at home by myself, and I, I sat down, I read it, and I read it like I read a book, like really quickly. <laughs> And it's taken me a while to realize, well, I mean, I realized it, but it's taken me a while to to get good at sitting down and slowly reading it. Can you tell me how um, <laughs> the best way to slowly appreciate a, a good comic rather than racing through it like I, I did and reading a book? Um, yeah. So do you take your time to read your comics? Do you take it slowly? I do now. Okay. And uh, that was actually one of the the realizations I had kind of getting into minimalism is that I realized that I was when I was reading comics, I wasn't even really necessarily enjoying them. It it had just become habitual at that point in time. And I was I was speeding through them just to be like, oh, I read this many. Okay, now what's out next week? You know, it was it was (laughs) it just it didn't it didn't have the same effect uh, that I that it once had. And so now. Yes, I I'm much more deliberate about what I read and how I read and when I read it. Um, and the other thing I guess I've I've found just with books in general and, and comic books included is that I, I used to finish everything, even if I even if I didn't like it, I would finish it because that's what you're supposed to do. You started it, you finish it. And I, there's times now where I'll get. Um, I get a lot of mine from the library. Um, I rent them from the library. And uh, as a lot of times I'll get, you know, a few pages into it and I'm just not feeling it. And okay, put it down. I'm done. I don't need to finish this. Um, so I, I think the, the the cool thing about comics that, it, as you said, you, you sped through it the first time. The great thing is that you not only have, you have a lot of great writers and you also have a lot of great artists. And so probably the best thing is you know, reading it, reading the page like a book. So getting that flow down, but then also stopping and pausing for a minute and and looking at the individual panel. And then also before going on to the next page, just taking that whole page as, as it is as well and taking that in, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of craft and a lot of artistry that goes into 
not just writing and drawing a comic book, but creating the flow. I mean, there, there's still pictures that are creating a story. And I heard it said, and I don't remember who it was, but the action happens in between the panels. Hmm. And the idea of that is because in a, in a print form with a comic book, you, get, you only get so much in so much space, your mind has to fill in fill in the blanks. It has to fill in the spaces between the panels. And so much like a book, but it's just, it's got a little visual aid to help you. So I think that's something that maybe people don't really realize is that there, there's much more to it than even what you're seeing, because there's also what your mind's eye is seeing as you're reading through it as well. Yeah, it's something that I really enjoyed learning how to do. You know, there's an art, I think, to sitting and slowly, um, you know, becoming uh, aware of what's going on and aware of what you're imagining is going on too. I just, yeah, I, I think that's probably one of the things that I've been so drawn to it because I'm only relatively new to reading, reading them, but it's just a completely different way of appreciating a story. And yeah, I feel like there's a there's a, an analogy in there somewhere for life, you know, sitting down, uh, you know, finding out what's, what's happening in between the panels. But yeah, that's interesting. I was just very curious to see your take on it because I felt like I was doing it wrong. <laughs> initially, no, I, I don't, no, I don't think you can do it wrong. And, you know, I think as long as you're, as long as you're enjoying it, I mean, there's definitely some, uh, you know, there's some comics that honestly I read more like a book because I enjoy the artist or excuse me, I enjoy the writer much more than I enjoy the artist. So I do kind of skim through the pictures, but focus more on the words. There's other ones where, yeah, the words aren't as important as the beautiful art. Mm. And then there's others that has a has a great combination. So I think that's the other thing I guess I would like to maybe just stress and, and we probably need to wrap probably need to wrap this up for you. <laughs> but the the idea is it's like people there's a lot of stereotypes around minimalism, right? There's stereotypes around comic books as well. Um the thing I would say is that there are comic books out there on all subjects. It's not just tights and superheroes and <laughs> muscles. I mean, you have zombie comics, you have you have comics about uh slice of life comics. You know, you have comics that are literally about somebody's, you know, day-to-day life, somebody's uh, loved one dying from cancer. Um you have ones that are black and white and color and uh, I mean, the the different styles of art and writing and some are very yeah, there's just there's so many different things. So I guess if somebody is saying, well, hmm, I've never thought about comic books like this or or I just thought they were for kids or Archie or whatever it is, um, you know, there's there's a lot more out there. You just have to kind of you have to trial and error. I think the library is a good way to do that. They have they have a lot of great stuff. That's that's what I use now. I think that's a really good suggestion as well um, to, you know, go and borrow them rather than buy them and uh, yeah, get into the, the collection kind of side of it. Um, this has been a wonderful chat and I feel like, you know, there's a lot more that we could dig into, but we'll have to, um, probably leave it for now, but thank you so much for sitting down and talking with me. Um, before you do go though, you're, a a, a new podcaster as well. So, um, yep. people can find your podcast, uh, intentional wandering with Jeff Sanquist. Yep. You're on iTunes and Stitcher and. Uh, iTunes, I believe I'm in Stitcher. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can either iTunes, you can just uh, search intentional wandering, uh, probably my name as well. Uh, Otherwise, the the um, 
the show and the show notes and everything are are on uh, intentionalwandering.simplecast.fm uh, as well. No, I highly recommend everyone check it out, but I will include links to all of that uh, in the show notes too, as well as your, your website, uh, your blog and uh, social media. So Jeff, thank you again. It's been a, a great chatting with you and um, getting to know a bit more about you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Yep. Bye-bye. been another episode of the slow home podcast if you enjoyed it be sure to subscribe via itunes and leave us a rating or a review thanks for listening